You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves the Timberwolves site on the Fansided Network. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up very shortly in this episode. Happy Thursday, everybody. Um, I guess happy end of the first half of the season for the Timberwolves. The Wolves wrapped it up with a terrible loss to the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday night. This is your postgame podcast, so we'll talk about all things Wolves-Hornets from Wednesday night's game, and most of those things are negative, the vast majority of them, basically all of them, but we'll talk about what happened and, and what, I guess, the key takeaways from this game, also the first half at large. Um, I guess what we can say about the season to this point, which is is also mostly not not positive, obviously, uh, but just kind of a quick look back at the first half of the season. And then on Friday's show, we'll do a little bit more of a, a dive into Carl Anthony Towns, the b-ball index numbers around Towns, as well as um, looking ahead to, to Sunday's All-Star festivities. Of course, everything this week, this year happening that, that would normally happen on All-Star Weekend, all happening on Sunday. So we'll talk about all that on Friday's show. Um, before we get into all that, though, and before we get into Wolves-Hornets, a quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. And at BBeacon. It's BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Okay, so Wolves-Hornets was supposed to be Lomelo Ball versus Anthony Edwards Part 2. The first time around, it was fun. They were both good. It was a pretty good game when the Wolves were in Charlotte. I actually thought this would be a competitive game. Um, I mean, last game before the All-Star break, Charlotte's at the end of a long road trip. They've got a couple guys out. Demonte Graham's out, um, most notably. Also, uh, Zeller missed. Cody Zeller did not play in this game, both due to injury. Um, The Wolves, you know, obviously don't have D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, but you just kind of thought maybe, you know, at home, um, maybe they could pull this one out. Maybe Edwards would be more motivated to play against ball. It felt like it could maybe be a competitive game. And in fact, the Wolves led the entire first quarter up until the final possession of the frame. The Wolves had the ball and a chance for two for one. They miss a shot. McLaughlin gets an offensive rebound. And instead of pulling it back out and holding for what I believe could have been the final shot at that point, he shot a pretty point blank, um, almost a layup and, and missed about a 10 footer. Charlotte gets the ball, gets hold for the last shot. Malik Monk bakes in a step back three pointer at the buzzer. The Hornets take a three point lead to the second quarter. They win the second quarter by three as well, and then they're up six at halftime. Still relatively close, but after leading the whole first quarter, and the, the banked in three was kind of, you know, the 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 symbol that we all should have seen that the rest of this night was not going to go as planned for the Timberwolves. Sure enough, they were once again crushed in the third quarter of a game. They were outscored 36-20 by Charlotte in the third. Terry Rozier had 18 points just in the third quarter alone, um, and Charlotte put the game away at that point. There were a couple of major runs, and this has been really, it's it's been actually more of an offensive issue than a defensive issue for the Wolves is these droughts. Um, you know, they allow opponents to go on runs, 
but it's it's largely due to the Wolves' own offensive ineptitude, almost more so than it is their defense. Um, there was a stretch in this game, and, and it was really kind of late first quarter, early second, I believe, where the, it was just sloppy on both ends. There were a lot of turnovers, missed shots, um, bad passes, the whole thing. And the Wolves, the Wolves were half of that equation, but Charlotte was allowing the Wolves to hang around to build their own lead, but Minnesota couldn't score. And then Charlotte finally started to score themselves in the second quarter. They ended up going on a 16 to two run because the Wolves offense was so hideous. And that was a big reason why Charlotte, obviously the 16 to two run was a big reason why they built that six point halftime lead. Um, at halftime, you could look at this game and say, hey, the Wolves are only down six. They were sloppy, but they're still in this game. Uh, Ricky Rubio did a pretty good job on LaMelo Ball. I think he had five points in the first half. And, you know, Rubio had a great first half. Um, and for the most part, you know, the, the Wolves were in this game. And unfortunately, Carl Anthony Towns had picked up a couple of bad fouls in the second quarter um, and was on the bench at the end of the second, had three fouls at halftime picked up another cheap foul midway through the third quarter in the midst of a massive Charlotte run, ended up not mattering. He didn't pick up any more fouls the rest of the night and the game wasn't close in the fourth. But in the midst of all of this, Cat picks up a bad foul for his fourth. Charlotte goes on an 18 to nothing run in the third quarter, puts the game away entirely. The Wolves had 19 turnovers before the midway point of the third quarter. It was, I think, about six minutes and 30 seconds or so left on the clock in the third quarter and the Wolves had 19 team turnovers. Now, over the last 18 plus minutes of the game, they had zero turnovers, but that was mostly because they were barely running any actual offense and basically just jacking up the first semi-open jumper that they could get. They didn't go to the basket at all. Um, And so the Wolves actually didn't turn it over at all in the second half of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter, mostly because their shot selection was so, uh, I I don't know, it was just, it was terrible. Um, And that was that was really why they didn't turn it over anymore. But the first part of the game, when the Hornets were actually giving them the opportunity to hang around, the Wolves were just more than happy to to kick possessions away. A um, couple bad turnovers by Rubio during that third quarter run early in the third quarter. First half, everybody was culpable when it came to, to turning the ball over. Um, and that was a big reason why the Hornets built this lead. Um, so the fourth quarter doesn't really even matter. By the time Things were headed to the fourth. This was a 24-point lead headed to the fourth quarter. The Wolves are trailed by as many as 36. I think that was the peak, um, which is only the second largest deficit they faced this year. They trailed the Lakers by 41 at one point in their loss to them early in the season, um, the the second week of the season. But this was awful. Uh, the Hornets are, you know, they're they're good-ish. I mean, they're, you know, now a game within 500, but they were missing two of their best players, two of their most effective rotation players. On, at the end of a long road trip, right before the All-Star break, you'd think the Wolves would be motivated to get their new head coach's first win. You'd think that they'd be motivated to go into the break on a good note, but unfortunately, the effort was simply not there. That's one of my big takeaways, which I want to get into next, is is the overall takeaways, the, the biggest problems um, from transition defense to effort, all those things. That's what I want to do next. We'll talk about Anthony Edwards and his bad game, his shot selection especially, and then some of the other issues with the Wolves offense and, and what happened and why they were only able to, in a game with a ton of possessions, a ton of, I mean, Charlotte had a ton of turnovers as well. Um, and the Wolves only mustered 102 points and barely just right at the end of garbage time, got over that hump. Um, Charlotte turned it over 17 times themselves. The Wolves got 11 steals, but um, how many points did the Wolves score off turnovers? 27 points off 17 Charlotte turnovers, but they still only scored 102 in the game. That's how bad the half court offense was. So I want to dive into all that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, I mentioned Michelob Ultra 
off the top of the show and they bring us, of course, our, our ultra player of the week. And we've had, you know, we had Malik Beasley a couple weeks ago. I had Carl Anthony Towns. This week was frankly very tough. Um, the last week has been bad basketball for the Timberwolves, but there's been a player who stood out, uh, a player who really has brought a little bit of enjoyment to this game for Timberwolves fans who keep watching the Wolves lose, I think now nine games in a row. Um, but to bring enjoyment to, to, to Wolves fans, to bring some happiness, some joy in their lives, Nas Reed is the player who's done that. You look at his not counting the game against um, against the Hornets. You look at his last five over the past seven days. The Wolves had five games over the previous seven days. Nasrid averaged 11 points and 4.2 rebounds per game, uh, 1.2 assists and 1.2 blocks. While he struggled from the three-point line, he shot 53.5% from the field, was really effective in the paint, was pump faking on the perimeter, driving to the basket, creating for others. And again, brought that joy, brought that enjoyment. Um, and as, as Michelob Ultra reminds us, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. And enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? This week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Nas Reed. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing with baseball right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code code locked on again use your mobile device or head to the website sign up today receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts all right let's get back into talking about um, key takeaways from this game first though um, today on the locked on today podcast james harden heads back to houston with his new team you can get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, um, so key takeaways from this game. Number one, transition defense. I, I mean, every single game this year basically could have used this as number one, one of the number one issues that the Wolves have. They don't get back in transition consistently. When they do, they don't match up. They don't communicate. Early in the game, when this was still a close game, there were a couple of possessions where it was just a straight, a straight miscommunication. The Wolves tried Jared Vanderbilt on uh, Terry Rozier for a time, and it, it was okay. It mostly worked. Um, the Wolves were switching most things, and Rubio was trying to chase the mellow ball, but they were switching off, and Vanderbilt ended up on him as well. And And Vanderbilt had an okay game. He played limited minutes again after starting. Um, but there was one play in particular. They're coming down the court, and Vanderbilt goes to the corner with Rubio. They're both guarding one player. And Ricky is pointing to Vando and telling him to get out and cover the shooter who literally nobody's guarding him. I mean, nobody picked him up in transition. Rubio didn't call it out to Vando until it was too late. Vanderbilt didn't go out there. And it was just a, a wide open three made by the Hornets. There was another uh, similar situation where just a miscommunication transition where obviously there's a guy who said, who knows, you know, he's guarding X player, but in transition, you just got to pick up, you got to pick up the ball and then you've got to pick up the, the players that are the biggest threat coming down the court and somebody's got to have their eyes on the trail, man. And you can figure out how to switch back and, you know, get to where you need to get, kick out any smalls that end up in the post. 
all that stuff can happen, but you've just got to pick people up. You can't let the trailer get a wide open three with nobody within 10 feet of him simply because you're not talking. And that's an ongoing issue for the Timberwolves. Um, and it's like different guys are doing different things. Like there's guys who just stay locked on their guy only and won't pick up other guys responsibilities, other guys, um, covers. And then there's guys who are always looking, you know, pointing basically, um, you know, Rubio is sometimes guilty of it. Towns is certainly guilty of it. Um, and obviously those are guys you, you want to be set an example for everybody else, but they're always pointing and, and saying, you know, you go take him, you take him, pick him up, but they're not doing it themselves. Now, in this case, Rubio actually did have somebody in the, in the corner because it, the first player down the court on the wing, Rubio picked up in the corner, which is the right thing to do. Vanderbilt came down after him and should have picked up the trail man and he didn't do it. Um, now that's just one example, but it stood out to me. And there were several of these examples when the game was close. As the game went on, it got even worse. Um, you look at the fourth quarter, the Wolves weren't even bothering to try and get back on transition. It was strictly effort, not just miscommunication. Sometimes the Wolves actually hustle and they get down the court in, in plenty of time, but they don't communicate. That was the problem early in this one. As the game started to get away, guys just stopped trying to get back on defense. That's a massive problem. And it doesn't, I don't think, reflect on Chris Finch yet. This was game five for the poor guy. Um, but you'd like to think they'd want to play hard for their new coach or maybe for their, you know, arguably lame duck assistants who who mostly are probably going to be let go at the end of the year, assuming Chris Finch is back. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know, like they should want to, they should want to win because they're professional basketball players, right? I mean, they should be hustling down the court anyway. Um, I get it's the last game before the all-star break and, and all that stuff, but um, the effort was just miserable. And and that's, if that's going to be the effort, they're, they're literally not going to win another game this year. Now we've seen them play harder. We've seen, you know, guys like Malik Beasley who plays hard all the time. Um, you know, he's going to get back in the mix here in a few weeks. And the other the other caveat, which I, I should mention, even though it's no excuse for the way they played in this game, so I want to be clear on that, but missing their second and third best players in, in Beasley and D'Angelo Russell, that matters. Um, and of course, they haven't had those three on the court together for more than three total games this year, never more than two in a row. Everybody knows that. But the effort has to be there. That's one of the reasons Brian Saunders was let go, is this team didn't show consistent effort. And that still seems to be the case. Chris Finch said after the game to the media that um, he would shorten the rotation if he has to, to find guys who want to play hard. And as long as he actually does what he says, I mean, Ryan Saunders never was quite that explicit in his, you know, uh, post-game comments related to the team's effort. He did a couple of times express concern for how things went during the game, but Finch was very straightforward and said that the effort level was unacceptable. Um, we'll see if anything changes. It's, it's a bad taste to leave in everybody's mouth right before the all-star break. And, um, you know, hopefully these guys can, can get that part of it straightened out and at least put forth the effort for the, for the latter half of the season. Um, we'll talk about Anthony Edwards and studs and duds. I think everybody knows if you're listening to this, what, what side of that ledger he's on. Uh, but I want to talk about his shot selection. So at halftime, Anthony Edwards was one of seven shooting. Five of his seven shot attempts were threes. I believe he made his first three-point attempt and then missed four in a row. So he's one of seven at halftime, one of five from three. He finishes the game um, eight of 23 shooting. So he shot the ball 16 times in the second half. He was, uh, he was seven of 16 in the second half, one of 10 outside the arc, which means he went 0 for five outside the arc in the second half of the game after going one of five in the first half, only attempted two free throws for Anthony Edwards to shoot the ball 23 times and attempt two free throws. I mean, I don't even need to tell you how many threes he attempted. You would have guessed somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to 11 or 12 threes. And he attempted 10. 
So 10 of his 23 shot attempts are threes. He attempts two free throws on the night, still ends up with 19 points, five rebounds, three steals, two assists, or two steals, three assists. That's all good. But the four turnovers to three assists, the minus 24 in the plus minus column, and the one of 10 shooting threes, the only two free throws, not great. Edwards has had these, these stretches this season where he just, he is content on launching threes if he's got the opportunity and he's not getting to the basket. Now, Andrew Wiggins didn't launch threes as much early in his career. And, and yes, I'm always going to bring Andrew Wiggins into this conversation because for a couple of reasons, um, quickly, number one, because they're both number one overall picks that played their rookie seasons with the Timberwolves. Number two, because I spent the entire pre-draft process making very clear that I had the same concerns about Anthony Edwards that I did with Andrew Wiggins. Shot selection, consistency from three, um, you know, lack of distributing for teammates, lack of consistent effort defensively. Um, at times, uh, you know, uh, a lack of engagement on both ends of the floor, especially if he doesn't have the ball in his hands offensively, standing around, not cutting, all those same concerns. Um, and they're certainly not, you know, they're not the same player, and I get that, but there are tons of parallels, too many to not point out and compare Edwards to Wiggins. And and if he, the more he keeps looking like Andrew Wiggins, I'm, I'm going to keep talking about it more and more. Um, but Wiggins didn't shoot a ton of threes as a rookie, and, and part of that was, you know, he's playing for, for Flip Saunders, and, uh, you know, that just wasn't part of what the Wolves did. But for Wiggins, it was the mid-range jumper. It was the turnaround. You know, he played he played in the post a lot. Um, he, they ran, the Wolves ran a lot of post plays for Wiggins early in his career, and he remains a, a solid post player for his position. Um, but he shot a lot of turnaround mid-range jumpers, almost the Kevin Garnett, Kobe range, you know, style turnaround jumpers, inefficient shots, contested mid-range jumpers. I mean, Anthony Edwards shooting threes is basically that. I mean, he's, he's below 30% now in the season. His catch and shoot number is hovering around that same range. Um, there just isn't much positive to say about his shot selection. He's not getting aggressive and going downhill. Um, I've talked on previous shows before about how Edwards free throw rate should be higher. He doesn't get enough calls. And the other night was a perfect example of that. He was fouled a couple of times where it wasn't called and it should have been. Um, Devin Booker, you know, fouled him going to the basket. The ball was called out of bounds. And there were a couple of other plays like that. Dario Sharge fouled him and they called the ball out of bounds instead of a foul. It was very clear on the replay. Um, that happens. And I don't know if Edwards is just like jaded by that and decided to just hang out on the perimeter in this game. Or if he was, I mean, it's not like the Hornets have an intimidating front line. I mean, Bismack Bayambo obviously can block shots, but I mean, he only played 29 minutes and I mean, PJ Washington's like six, eight. Um, they, they don't play anybody else outside of Biombo. That's a defensive force. That's going to stop you from getting to the rim. And, you know, Edwards, for the most part, was perfectly content to hang on the perimeter, to shoot threes, even when they weren't really open. And that was disappointing and concerning. Um, there's going to be those moments in his rookie season. There certainly have been. But it was all that much more glaring when he's facing LaMelo Ball, who puts up 19, 7, and 5 in a win and, and makes four threes on five attempts from deep um, in only 26 minutes. Didn't even need to play in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, this round, again, goes to LaMelo Ball, uh, fairly easily, even with a relatively quiet first half. Ball was dominant in the second half, in the third quarter especially. Well, he didn't need to play in the fourth quarter. In the third quarter, um, and and Ed, Edwards just struggled. And, and it's as simple as that. Um, last thing is, the Wolves offensively, they ran a bunch of the same set early in the game, getting Towns the ball in the high post on the left side of the floor. And 
it was mostly successful. I mean, distributing from there, having guys cut around him, Towns trying to back down into the paint. He had a couple of nice assists early in the game. And then the offense kind of broke down from there. They didn't run a lot of really clean sets. I mentioned late in the game, they were just jacking up threes for the sake of doing it. But as this run was happening, especially in the second quarter when the Hornets made their first big run, the 16 to two run, the Wolves missed a bunch of easy bunnies in the lane, um, layups that they just blew. Jordan McLaughlin had a couple. Um, Anthony Edwards had had at least one that I can remember was a shot that he definitely should have made. Jarrett Culver missed many easy shots. A couple that were just like, you know, semi-contested, but still layups. Nas Reed missed a couple of bad ones in the paint. Um, the Wolves bench, five guys saw minutes off the bench for the Wolves. They all made two shots. Combined, they were 10 for 37 from the field. That's 27%. Not on threes. 27% from the field was the Wolves bench in this game. Uh, you go down the line, two of seven for McDaniels, two of eight for Culver, Culver, two of six, Nazari, two of seven, Jordan McLaughlin, two of nine, Jalen Noel. Combined, if you want to talk about three-pointers, I promise you, I mean, it's 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 going to be ugly. Um, the bench was two of 16 on three-point attempts. That's 12.5%. And that's how the Wolves lost the second quarter. That's how the, the run kept going for the Hornets as the bench came into the game late in the third quarter. The Wolves bench was atrocious in this game on both ends of the floor, but the lack of, of, you know, making some of those easy shots in the paint, it was mostly bench guys at fault for that, by the way. Um, you know, Towns was fine. Rubio was very good in this game. Edwards, I mentioned, missed a couple in the paint, but he mostly was just shooting threes anyway. Layman is five of seven and Vanderbilt is three of four. So it's mostly bench guys missing these easy point blank shots in the paint. And that was a, a, a really just an epidemic in this game for the Wolves. Um, and that's been a problem at times this season, especially early, shortly after the Towns injury. That was a that was kind of a running theme was the Wolves were missing a bunch of easy shots. And then it just got so bad that that wasn't, that was kind of the least of the problems. Um, now we're back to that being a major issue. And part of that's concentration, part of it's technique, part of it's just talent, and part of it's bad luck. All those things factor in. It's not any one thing. And, and all of those things were going against the Wolves in this game. That was very, very clear. Um, okay, I want to wrap by talking a little bit of studs and duds and then peek ahead to, to what's upcoming. Also, um, you know, I guess looking at a couple shows we'll do early next week and what those will entail. Uh, first, before we get to studs and duds, let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning to wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices, however, are the same for everybody and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. A reminder that the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and they are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers like yourself. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, 
How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Okay, studs and duds from this game. Um, I Man, I really struggled with finding anybody that played well for the Timberwolves, honestly. Um it was bad. I mean, if I had to pick one, I, I can't pick three. I just can't. Um, so I guess I'll pick the, the closest thing to a stud, right? I mean, by the way, the Wolves as a team were 39 of 96 from the floor, just over 40%, 40.6%, nine of 40 outside the arc, 22 and a half percent. They only attempted 18 free throws. They did make 15 of those, which was nice. Uh, but they had 19 turnovers in the game. As I talked about half, you know, the, this was halfway through the third quarter. They had all 19 of their turnovers for the game. They were out rebounded by nine. They were out assisted by eight. They uh, had three less steals than the Hornets. They had five less blocks. I mean, you name it. They lost that category. There was nobody that had a great game for the Timberwolves on an individual, um, you know, from an individual perspective. The closest thing would be Ricky Rubio, who had a great first half a very quiet second half until he, uh, uh, you know, he just didn't play much late in the game. He finished actually with 20 points, nine assists, four rebounds. He did have five turnovers, which was the, the, the bad part of it. And I think three of them were during that terrible third quarter the Wolves had. Up until that point, he was very good. 20 points, nine assists, four rebounds, seven of 11 shooting, four of six on threes for Rubio in this game. He had a couple kind of quick catch and shoot threes. He made both his free throw attempts and uh, he had one steal. And again, the five turnovers. He had a minus 10 plus minus, which is bad. But grand scheme of things in a game that you lose by 33 and you had three starters with plus minus numbers worse than minus 20, not that bad. Um, So a good game from Rubio. He was very in control early, uh, guarded Lamelo Ball, um, very well early in the game, but I mean, that's, this is the, you know, the best of, of a group of players who had a really bad game. Um, there's really nobody else. I mean, Jake Lehman was efficient at 14 points on seven shots. It was fine, but he had one rebound in 26 minutes was a, a minus 21 struggled defensively a little bit was on the court for a lot of that big early third quarter push by the Charlotte. Uh, but he would be the closest thing. Um, Jared Vanderbilt played 18 minutes, but he had zero rebounds, three or four shooting. He had a couple of easy shots um, that were spoon fed to him by Towns and by Rubio. He did have two steals, but, um, and the only reason he was only a minus seven was because he just played the 18 minutes at Vanderbilt. Just, I mean, he had a couple other plays where he should have caught a pass and he just didn't only one ended up going in the books as a turnover, but there were multiple bad plays from Vando in this game. Um, we could talk duds. I mean, that's easy. Um, I, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is kind of falls in between again, and there's been too much of that lately for him. 16 points, 15 rebounds is nice. Took him 14 shots to get 16 points, only one of five on three-point attempts, and only the four free throw attempts in this game for Cat. He had three assists, but four turnovers, um, and he had four fouls, and he picked up his third foul in the second quarter as the Wolves were losing momentum and, and losing ground to the Hornets. Picked up his fourth in the midst of the big third quarter push by Charlotte. So, uh, so you know, untimely cheap fouls that Towns picked up. Once again, he was a team worst minus 27 in the plus minus column. Take that for whatever that's worth. Um, and he was part of the the poor defense for the Wolves. I mean, it's not like the Hornets have a, a terribly, uh, you know, terrifying front court. PJ Washington's a good player. It's not like Towns was guarding him either. But I mean, you know, Biombo had eight points and eight rebounds in 29 minutes. And the Hornets played a lot of small um, lineups in this one with no Cody Zeller. And 
Towns only had 16 and 15, three assists, four turnovers. That's not going to cut it if the Wolves are going to win. Um, so he's somewhere in the middle because he he was one of the few Wolves players who actually did produce something. Other duds, Anthony Edwards has to be one of them. I already talked about him a bit, so I'm not going to spend too much time there. But 19 points on 23 shots, not good. One of 10 threes, the shooting threes, three assists to four turnovers for him as well. Um, so you look at Edwards and Towns together, that's six assists to eight turnovers. Throw in Rubio, who had nine assists, but also five turnovers. Um, so turnovers continue to be an issue, or, or as I mentioned earlier, were a major issue early in this game for the Wolves. Jarrett Culver falls in this category as well. Uh, another bad game for for Culver, his third game back from his month-long absence due to the sprained ankle. He had four points on eight shots, two of eight shooting, three rebounds, nothing else really for him in any of the columns in the box score. Um, so he is given a dud for this game as well. Uh, Jalen Noel, another poor game for him, seven points. He did have three assists, but he shot only two of nine from the field and one of five from three and missed a couple of open threes again. If Jalen Noel wants, and I've talked about how I think he can be a, a six man type player in this league, but he's missing way too many open shots. That's still an issue for him. And he's got to figure that out. Um, so if I had to pick the three duds, it's going to be Jared Culver, Jalen Noel, and Anthony Edwards in this game, but across the board, just a disappointing game for Minnesota. Um, one other rotation related note, Jade McDaniels played 30 minutes after getting relatively abbreviated run the last couple of times out, but he only had 5.7 rebounds, shot two of seven, missed all four of his three point attempts, had two assists in this game was a minus 26, which was the second worst mark on the wolves, but at least he got the run. Um, and, and hopefully we continue to see more Jade McDaniels as the Wolves try and figure out what they have in their second of their two first round picks uh, this this in this year's draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing positive to take out of this game other than the first half of the season's over. Hopefully this team has a new outlook in eight days or whenever they return to practice in five or six days. And hopefully Chris Finch can install more of his offense. They'll run through Carl Anthony Towns, figure the rest out later, figure out how many of these guys um, are are you know, NBA players that are going to be in the Wolves rotation moving forward. Oh, I should mention also related to the rotation, backtracking a little, Josh Okoye didn't play. He was not part of the rotation in this game after starting the last couple of games following Malik Beasley's suspension taking hold. Okoye was out of the starting lineup in favor of Lehman. Culver and Noel got all the wing minutes off the bench. There was no Josh Okoye to be found, not even in garbage time. The Wolves didn't actually dip into their you know, Hernan Gomez at Davis didn't play either in garbage time, but um, significant that Akogi just got a straight DNPCD in this game. So uh, the first half's over. All-star break is Sunday. All the festivities are Sunday. There's no Timberwolves representation at any point in the game or the the, the various events um, and festivities on Sunday. Uh, so that's disappointing. Early next week, though, I'm going to have uh, we're going to have a crossover episode with Lockdown Pistons. I'm likely going to talk a little bit with with Matt Shook over at Lockdown Pistons about the whole, uh, you know, I guess the battle for the best odds at the number one pick in this year's draft, or at least the Wolves getting a top three pick and, and retaining their selection. The Pistons and Wolves are the two worst teams in the league. I, I guess the Wolves did beat the Pistons way back in opening night, but um, we'll talk about the Pistons and the Wolves and, and give our thoughts on which team will be worse when it's all said and done, I guess. Uh, but we'll check in on old friend Dwayne Casey. And of course they traded Derek Rose, but everything that's going on with, with the Detroit Pistons. Um, so stay tuned for that early next week. In the meantime, though, on Friday, 
We'll, we'll dive into the B-Ball Index numbers regarding Carl Anthony Towns season so far. We'll peek ahead at, at Sunday's events. I'll give some predictions on what I think will happen for the, uh, the Sunday events for All-Star Weekend. Otherwise, that's all we have for you today here at Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the Locked On Network is your local experts. On the biggest stories, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere that you get podcasts, including iTunes. And if you're so inclined, please help out with a positive review. Five stars would be outstanding on iTunes. It definitely helps us get in front of more folks' eyes and ears. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and also at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K E N. A reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.